Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 172. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary. Going to be hanging out with you. We have an exciting episode to get through today where we are talking about an update on the left tackle competition between Mackay Becton and Dwayne Brown. Some OTA storylines and of course your voicemails. But make sure that you do not forget your father this year. That's right. If you haven't purchased your Father's Day gift yet, make sure to head over to Manscaped, the leaders in Below the Waist Grooming. They are here to help you. They're saving the day yet again with the total package for your father figure in your life this year. It's time to upgrade his game from waist to face with this exclusive offer. Have him join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with my code JETS20. That is J-E-T-S-2-0 for 20% off and free shipping. Make sure to pick yourself up something nice. All right, we are hopping into the episode today. I am amped up to get into this conversation that has to do with Dwayne Brown. That is where we begin before we get into some OTA storylines. Uh, Robert Sala gave some clarity to the left tackle competition, and I use the word competition very loosely because it very much so feels like that this is going to be uh, Dwayne Brown's job to lose. I know that uh, Makai Becton has made it abundantly clear that he wants to be the left tackle on this football team. He said that a couple of times, but uh, that's going to be a little bit challenging for him. We're going to roll the clip. Here is Robert Sala to, uh, earlier yesterday, excuse me, talking about Dwayne Brown and if he could play right tackle or if he's going to end up at left tackle. Uh, Dwayne Brown, uh, I know you say you're going to play the best five players on the offensive line. Dwayne has, hasn't played right tackle ever in the NFL. He said the last time he played it was at Virginia Tech, either his sophomore or junior year. Could he possibly play there? Is that a scenario? Or after all these years of left tackle, that's what he is? You know, it's, uh, that's something that we'll look at. Um, you know, like... Uh, he, is, he obviously is very comfortable at that left tackle spot. There's there's guys who can play right and left, and just trying to sort it out. We'll we'll get to all that as we go, but um, but uh, I have a feeling Dwayne Dwayne will be a hard out anyway. So he's uh, he looks good. He's doing a really nice job, but uh, it, everything will be taken into consideration once we start to settle in on what are which five are going to be the five that we roll into the season with. What do you mean by hard out? A hard out, as in a uh, he's he's, he's going to be hard to to push out the door. There you go. And some clarity asked for by Connor Hughes asking, what do you mean by a hard out? So that does that not tell you that Dwayne Brown has the inside track to win the starting left tackle job? That should really come as no surprise. Uh, again, I, I am rooting for Mekhi Becton. Uh, he probably has the highest ceiling, but are they go let's see are they going to ask the guy who hasn't played right tackle since 2006 to do it or the guy that played it in college in like 2017 do it uh and again I know that Makai had some issues about uh playing right tackle and the tweeted that he wanted to be left tackle uh and if you forgot here's what Robert Sala said to Makai Becton back then saying uh, you know uh, about him wanting to be the left tackle Go earn the left tackle. Go earn the left tackle. That's what he said. Now, he is going to have to earn it. 
uh, because Dwayne Brown, again, as I mentioned, more than likely has the inside track to winning that job. Again, I would find it very, very difficult to believe that uh, they're going to move off of that stance because they've shown time and time again how much they value how much they value the the veterans there. And the unfortunate reality uh, for Mekhi Becton is he hasn't played at the NFL level in a long time now. He missed essentially all of 2021 uh, with an injury. He got hurt in the first game of the year. He tore his ACL uh, in training camp last year, and now he's working his way back. He's in phenomenal, phenomenal shape, which is obviously a great thing. We love that for him. Are super happy that Makai Becton is in shape. Uh, but I just don't know how we're going to be able to, you know, sit here and logically say, yes, this guy who you know hasn't played left tackle for you since 2020 uh, and has positional flexibility is not going to move over to the other side because. The veteran, like, because if you're going to move your veteran over to the other side who really hasn't played right tackle in the NFL. And Dwayne Brown was, you know, banged up last year. He was playing through an injury, so you got to give him a ton of respect for that. Uh, I don't think Dwayne Brown returns if he doesn't believe that he is going to be the left tackle for this team going forward. I mean, sure, there's, you know, a world where it's just. Makai looks so dominant that they don't have a choice. You you cannot, you know, not play him at left tackle. Uh, and Dwayne Brown looks old and slow. But if Brown is, you know, what he was last year, plus maybe a little bit more because of health him being, you know, fully recovered and healthy, he elected to have the surgery in the offseason and played through injury last year, then I, I don't really see a world where Makai is going to be able to win that job. And then that opens up the question that we've been talking about a lot this offseason Will Mekhi Becton play right tackle? And they've got themselves some insurance policies. Max uh, Mitchell is there, who's played right tackle uh, and was pretty solid for them. They drafted Carter Warren in the fourth round. You signed Billy Turner, who is familiar with not only Aaron Rodgers, but also Nathaniel Hackett. He followed Hackett from Green Bay to Denver last year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has talked up Billy Turner for his flexibility, play, being able to play right tackle or guard. Uh, and that's, you know, a nice value to to have for, you know, somebody who might need to come in and play in a pinch. But if you are looking for your best five starting offensive linemen, my guess would be that your tackles would be Brown and Becton. I think those two make the most sense. And it does make more sense for Becton to be playing on that right side because he's actually done it, right? Like he has actually done it. And uh, once again, I want to make it clear. I want Makai Becton to win the job because it is better for the New York Jets to have that long-term established left tackle and for the guy that they took in the first round in 2020 to look like a first-round pick and a you know, long-term answer at one of the most important positions in the sport. But I, I just don't think you know it's going to be gifted to, to Makai. He's going to have to work for it, and he's going to have to earn it, and I hope that he does, but I, don't, I think it's an uphill battle uh, for Makai Becton because it looks like Dwayne Brown's going to win that job. Also, I didn't mention it, but AVT could theoretically play right tackle in a pinch. They had him play both left tackle and right tackle last year. He's played four positions on the offensive line in two years, which is just nuts, uh, and played all pretty well. 
I think he is probably best suited for guard. Uh, I would imagine he is going to be the right guard this year. But theoretically, could he play tackle? Yeah. And then Connor McGovern, who has position flexibility, could come in and play guard at that point. Uh, and then Joe Tipman, your rookie center, could come in and start. So there's a few ways the Jets could do this, but I think if healthy, Becton's going to play because he's part of the best five, but I just don't think it's going to be in the spot that he wants. And I don't think anyone should be surprised by this. You, we're going to have a few uh, because people are like, oh, there's no way uh, Becton's going to lose the starting left tackle job to Dwayne Brown. I don't know. I, I find that very, very difficult to believe because of just, again, how much the New York Jets like their veterans, uh, you know, as, as a, not that they dislike their young players. They also like their young players. But, you know, it, it's important protecting your quarterback's blind side, protecting Aaron Rodgers in this case's blind side is an incredibly important job. And are you going to want to leave it up to Mackay, who hasn't played in three years or two, I guess, really? I don't know. I, I think that's a very challenging ask. Uh, so that's pretty much the main thing that I wanted to get into there on uh, Becton. Next up, I want to uh, Becton and Brown, I guess I should say. Next up, I want to get into some of the bigger OTA storylines from this past week, specifically yesterday on Tuesday. It was an open practice for the media, so everyone was there. You had a, a, a lot of storylines. We're going to get into the clips again like we've been doing the last few weeks. I enjoy playing these clips. Uh, but Rob, the first thing, first main takeaway is uh, minicamp being canceled, uh, which it shouldn't be that much of uh, a surprise. Robert Sala explains why he canceled mandatory minicamp, uh, and it, it all makes sense. There's a report uh, saying that you plan you, you don't plan on holding mandatory minicamp next week, and if that's true, then what went into that thing? Um, you know, at the Hall of Fame game, we've got we're reporting a week earlier than everybody else, um, and guys need to get away. We've been here; they they put in a really good off season. All the guys have since got April, so April, May, June, and um, you know, just to give the guys the extra week to go take their break because you you need a week off, and then you got to rev back up to get ready for the season. And if we having this extra week, taking the week off, then the fourth, there, there's just a lot of things that can that can mess up the flow, but. Um, but we're, we'll, we'll pick it up and we'll regain it once we get back for the uh, Hall of Fame game. There we go. We got the whole quote in there. I ended it a second early. But uh, pretty much he's saying the Hall of Fame game, which I will be at, by the way. I hope you are there as well. I know uh, a lot of people that are going to be. Jake Asman's going to be making the way out there. And I'm sure some other Jets creators are going to be making their way out to Canton, Ohio to see Joe Klecko and Darrell Rivas get in the Hall of Fame. So make sure to uh, say what's up. Uh, I'm going to want to do some content, man on the street stuff. So I, I am really, really looking forward to that weekend. It's going to be an absolute blast. I'll be there in Ohio. But with that comes some extra responsibility for the New York Jets. Now, I'm happy that they are there because they have two guys who are going into the hall. I'm happy that they're getting this, you know, exposure um, because, it, you know, it's Jets Browns. And like I said, they're getting that a, a little bit of an exposure for playing in this game, you know, representing the league, all that stuff. And sure, it's only a preseason game, so you don't put a ton of stock into it. But that adds an extra preseason game to their schedule. So, again, it's not really all too surprising for Robert Sala to go out of his way 
to help the guys out in that spot because they're they are coming a week earlier from f- to start their training camp a week earlier. They're getting some time off now. It evens out. It's not like it's a free week that, you know, is just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah here you go. Willy nilly, you know, for no reason. Here's a week. No, there, there's a method to the madness here. The reason why is because he doesn't want to, you know, risk injury or uh, all these things and run them out and get them, you know, to I don't want to necessarily say tired, but it's you have to pace. It's a long season. 17 game season now. Hopefully playoffs on top of that. You're you're playing from the time camp starts in July, game preseason games starting in August through you're hoping January, February. That's a long time for a really physical and demanding sport. It's okay to take it slow. I know that some of the old heads are going to get upset. Back in my day, I remember we had four practices a day and all that. I, I get it. I under I understand the game is changing. The game is changing and change while scary at times. I understand you could be a little afraid of change. It's not always a big bad thing. You don't have to be afraid of it. Hide from change. All change is bad. All change is scary. That's the new age NFL. That's the reality. And for a team that has been decimated with injuries, do you not want that extra rest and rehabilitation? They've struck this is something that they've struggled with over the last few years. They have gotten more injured, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It feels like more so than every single freaking team in the NFL. But no, I've seen people like, oh, is this is Robert Sala being too soft on them? He's coddling him. He's coddling him. Guys, come on. What are we doing? I I love the tough guy shtick as much as the next guy over here, but uh, it's okay. You're allowed to rehabilitate. That that's a smart thing to do. You don't have to overdo it, and you know, kick. You know, you're you're kicking yourself because you lose someone to injury, which has happened for the New York Jets. They lost Mackay Becton last year in training camp. They lost Carl Lawson in training camp for the season. Injuries unfortunately happen, so you don't want to overdo it. The next biggest OTA storyline is. Backup quarterback. Is it an issue? Which is something that is was talked a little bit about online yesterday as Zach Wilson was up and down at times, really struggled. At times looked good, but at times looked really bad. Uh, so then it brought up the old conversation of should the Jets have done more at QB2? And maybe, maybe, but like I, I don't know how much you're going to want to allocate, how much money you're going to be allocating to uh, a backup quarterback. Right now, I would assume that it's going to be Zach Wilson and, and Tim Boyle as that you know red shirt guy, one of those two as the red shirt guy. Um, but I, how much are you going to want to spend on that position when you are in a year for when you're when you're going for it? I think teams, you know, uh, who understand that if you lose your quarterback for a significant period of time, it's really not gonna matter a whole lot. But I, I, I understand it. I, I really do uh, understand the the concern with Zach. Uh, and the frustrating part is you're going into year three, and it's still a very bumpy ride. It's a very bumpy ride. He struggled in OTAs. The he looked pretty good on eleven on eleven, which is that that's good, obviously. But on seven and seven was was pretty good. But in the red zone, 
just not enough, man. Not enough in the red zone. Uh, and that was a big problem for the Jets offense just in general. They Their red zone scoring was way, way down compared to league average. And the streakiness of Zach Wilson is just rearing its ugly head in training camp. There was moments last week where he had a few really, really good practices, and Robert Sala talked him up. And today, depending on who you asked, so Rich Samini, or yesterday, sorry, I keep doing that. Yesterday, depending on who you asked, Rich Samini said that Zach Wilson looked good. Uh, Connor Hughes and some others made it seem like Zach Wilson did not look so good, that he was missing passes and a little too erratic. Uh, I find it weird, but I'm kind of siding more so. And again, it's not like I'm there, but siding on the information that I'm given, if you are missing poorly in the flat in the red zone, that's not ideal. It's just, it's just not ideal. I wish things were different for Zach Wilson. I wish that he was maybe... Uh, a little bit more consistent, but it still seems the inconsistencies are there. And it's still early. It's only June, so you don't have to completely hit the panic button. But there was a little bit of a panic uh, from some Jeff fans, and uh, I, I get it. I, I just don't think they're going to bring in some veteran now. And uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do, but I think they're going to ride with Zach Wilson through this. I don't know if you saw, then uh, I hope you did, Carl Lawson. A picture, a video of Carl Lawson at camp. He is somehow bigger and stronger than what he was last year, and just he he is such a freak athlete. I was so excited when they signed him, and he looked like the best player in camp for the New York Jets in 2021. Then he gets hurt; they lose him for the season with the Achilles. He had seven sacks last year. He was pretty good. He wasn't. Bad. Some people are like, oh, he was bad last year. He wasn't bad. He was okay. He, he, he was okay. Solid. He wasn't great. He's not a $15 million player. He restructured his deal or reworked his deal. Uh, and I think that, you know, he has a chance to really push for double digit sacks. In fact, he came out and said that that's a goal and he expects that for himself. It's going to happen. Double digit sacks for him. I hope it does because. Man, that would open a lot of things up if you have the Carl Lawson you thought you were getting in 2021. Will McDonald, Jermaine Johnson, Bryce Huff rotating around JFM, Quinnen Williams. Then that line is really, really scary, and that makes the life of uh, all the rest of the, the the defense so much easier, including that secondary, uh, which is good with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed and uh, Michael Carter, the, the second in the slot. But Carl Lawson playing... Not, I don't know if playing through an injury is is the uh, is the right term because he was rehabbing after the injury, had to get a second surgery. They didn't necessarily think they were going to get him back until like November, but he not only did he not miss a game for the New York Jets, he didn't miss a practice. The guy, you know, was a, was a warrior, so I, I give him some kudos. I do think he is. Uh, better this upcoming year. I am really excited about that. And last, before we get into uh, some voicemails to close out, I am very curious to see when Quinn and Williams signs, but if you were to ask Robert Sala, he is incredibly, incredibly confident that it happens. Here's what he had to say about the Quinn and Williams contract negotiations. Robert, the Bills extended defensive tackle at Oliver this week. Giants and Titans have already got Dexter Lawrence and Jeffrey Simmons done. How eager are you to get Quinn and done, and do you expect that to come free free? Yeah, I've, um, 
you know, I, I, I speak for everyone. I probably speak for Quinton in that we we all want it to get done uh, sooner rather than later. But I'll again, I'll let the business guys handle all that stuff. But uh, it's going to get done. He'll be here for camp. He'll be ready to roll. And uh, and once he is, we'll he'll be the. I'm I'm sure he'll be the same guy he was a year ago. So Quinton Williams deal is expected to get done before training camp. I know some Jet fans are worried about it because, you know, as there, I, I don't know off the top of my head who was the reporter asking the question, but as she states that there's been some deal done at Oliver, not on the same level, but he gets a deal done in that same draft class. Uh, you also had, uh, you know, Dexter Lawrence and Jeffrey Simmons, a bunch of these guys get some uh, extensions done and the framework for a deal seems like it's there. It's now a matter of putting pen to paper. They have until July. That is when you start to worry when training camp nears. You are still over a month away from that. It's early June. Uh, so I am not, there's no reason to panic. There's no reason to stress. And this is something that I think Robert Sala has maintained since he's been up there and on the podium answering these questions about Quinn and Williams is whether or not he is going to be there or he is going to get it done. He is speaking so matter-of-factly. It would look so, so, so bad if this deal did not get done. And I want to make it clear, I do firmly believe that Quinn Williams is going to get an extension and is going to be at training camp. But if, for whatever reason, things don't go well and that is not the case, oh boy. Oh boy, because Robert Sala would have put his foot in his mouth. I can't even count how many times. Because any, it seems like any time he is asked about it, and the reporters are just doing their job. I, you know, you got to give them the respect. They're doing their job in that instance, asking about, you know, an obvious con contract negotiations, and that he's uh, Quinnen's trying to get his deal done, uh, and the Jets are trying to do what's right by them. They, they, they have to ask about it. They're only doing, you know, they're doing a disservice if they don't ask the questions and Robert Sala has, you know, stuck firm on it that this is what the plan is. And he is going to be here for training camp. And uh, I don't know if I'm crazy. I don't know, you know what the deal is, but uh, for me, I do think that uh, it's going to be uh, a deal that gets done eventually. I really do. So with that, let's get into some voicemails. First one is from Ariana calling from Cincinnati. Has a question about Quinny Williams. So this is actually a good you know, segue here. Let's get into it. Hey, it's Ariana Stone. I'm calling from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I wanted to know who, um, what you think is going to happen with Quinn Williams. Are we going to resign him? Is it going to be a big contract, a small contract? Is he going to be happy? Are we going to be happy? Thanks. Go Jets. Bye. Yeah, I think uh, it's hopefully both sides are happy with the deal, but uh, I think you're looking at probably four years, $100 million with 65 plus guaranteed, somewhere in that range. I want to look up some of these contracts that just got signed. Uh, a good site to do that is uh, over the cap. Uh, they do a really good job of uh, differentiating some of these contracts. Uh, let's see if we could pull up on the fly here by position. Uh, interior defensive line. Aaron Donald obviously has a big one. Uh, 95 million uh, total value. 
Uh, his AAV is $31.7 million. His total guaranteed was 46.5. Jeffrey Simmons was 47.8. Dexter Lawrence was 46.5. I thought the Ed Oliver one was a lot more guaranteed money. It's not. It's 24.5. Okay, so the 60 might be, might be on the on the higher side, but I do think it'll be over uh, fifty million dollars total guaranteed. I think the AAV will be twenty-five million dollars a year. The one hundred million dollars would put the total value as the highest in the NFL over Aaron Donald. When you add that extra year, Aaron Donald's was a three-year deal, uh, where Quinnen Williams is more than likely going to be a four-year deal. I'd be surprised if it's anything less. Uh, if it's anything more, it's probably just going to get restructured, you know, down the line or redone down the line. Anyway, uh, you're really looking for the next few, you know, three years or so, and then you'll see what happens there towards the end. But I, I think you're looking at 25 million a year, four years, a hundred million dollar contract with, you know, again total guarantees. Jeffrey Simmons is the highest at 47.8. Dexter Lawrence was 46.5. I think Quinnen probably gets to over fifty. My initial guess was probably was a little too high in the in the sixties. That's my fault. Uh, I thought for whatever reason I I was mistaken, obviously, but I thought Jeffrey Simmons was up in the sixties, but uh, that is not the case. Last one is Max calling in from New Jersey. He wants to talk about uh, DeAndre Hopkins and if that would be a good fit for the Jets. Hi, this is uh, Max from Home, New Jersey, and here's my thoughts on the D-Hop situation. So, Salah said that we're good enough for wide receiver, and I actually disagree with his statement. Yes, he's a good wide receiver, poor, but DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in the league. I think he would revolutionize our offense. I think he would be really good in our offense. And I get what Salah says, but he's the best wide receiver in the league. What's your thoughts and go, Jen? Yeah, I am uh, – I would like to add DeAndre, or I guess I would say I'd be open to it. Uh, I would be open to it um, if you could upgrade, essentially take the money that Corey Davis would be getting. Uh, you can cut him and free up $10.5 million, and you could probably get uh, DeAndre Hopkins' cap hit to be around that mark. If that were the case, I would do it. Uh, I think that would be an upgrade, but... For whatever reason, the teams that it seemed most likely, going back to the Texans has been a link, and supposedly the the Chiefs and uh, the Bills have been heavily linked. Uh, I would like to keep him out of the AFC East if humanly possible. I would like to keep him off of the Kansas City Chiefs if possible. The Texans I do not see as a threat this year. So I would, I guess, if he's not going to the New York Jets, I would be rooting for him to go down there in a spot that, you know, is they're not, they don't have the pressure to win right now. That's not their goal. Uh, they are a team that is still very much in their rebuild, which is okay. You know, that's, that's completely fine. Everyone's at a little bit of a, of a different point. Um, I'd be open to it, but the, again, the, it goes back to how much the jets really like and value uh, Corey Davis. They love his blocking ability. Every single time Robert Sala has the opportunity uh, to talk him up, it feels like he does just that. He talks him up, says he's going to be important to this team. Now, 
I think he's probably going to end up fourth in fourth or fifth in receiving for the Jets this year, depending on how involved Randall Cobb is in this New York Jets offense. But again, it goes back to some regimes and some staffs just have their guys. And Corey Davis feels like their guy, both with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. And, you know, we've, we've seen it. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett has stated multiple times that he loves the bigger wide receivers and that's exactly what Corey Davis is. You know, maybe there's a there's probably is actually not maybe there probably is a world where a lot of times the Jets three wide receiver set is going to be Davis Lazard on the outside with Wilson in the slot. Yes, Wilson could also move to the outside when that's the case. Randall Cobb and Michael Hardman could come in uh, and give you something in the slot as well. They have a plethora of options. It's not like they are a super you know, top heavy unit. Yes, Garrett Wilson is far and away the number one, but they have a lot of ways that they could attack you, uh, you know, with their with their wide receivers. The top five wide receivers with Wilson, Lazard, and uh, Corey, and, you know, Cobb and Hardman with the tight ends. You have three tight ends who, you know, you've got to feel confident about. And Conklin, Uzama, Ruckert's coming on. You know, I'm really hoping to see more of a role for Jeremy this year. And Brees Hall at some point is going to come back. And they drafted Izzy, and you saw some flashes over the last couple of years from Bam Knight and Michael Carter, and you might have something here. And, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, by the way, distributing the football. So, you know, when it comes down to it, I think the Jets do end up having enough uh, on offense. But more of the story, I, I get it. I do think it would make sense to bring in Hopkins. I just don't think it's very likely. Also, if you haven't noticed, I'm rocking the Talking Jets shirt. You can pick up your own Talking Jets shirt on TalkingJets.com and also be sure to get in on the group buy. So we are looking at an opportunity for myself, Ryan Greenbean, uh, all three of us to go to a game and to sit as a big group of Jet fans. So if you are interested in joining us in going to a game this year, go to the website, put in your email, and you'll be the first to know which game it is that we are choosing. And you will have an opportunity uh, to buy your tickets with us and you know come and come and hang out. We are it's something we we're really looking forward to. We're still waiting on confirmation from the Jets which game that will be. So that's the hold up there. But I am really excited to uh, do that at some point this year with you guys. Go to a game meet a lot of people, hang out beforehand at tailgate. You go in. It's going to be a lot of fun. I really can't wait. So I just want to thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Please make sure wherever you get the show to subscribe, whether it's on YouTube, really appreciate that. That helps grow the channel. Give a like and a comment. If you are listening to the audio version, you can share with a friend, leave a review. It takes a couple of seconds. It's a free way to show your support and help the channel and help me grow. Thank you so much. I'm Matt. I'll catch you next time.